1: Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Naughty But Nice Show. I'm your host, Rob Shooter. Hey, today we've got a very, very special edition of the Naughty But Nice Show. So for the last week or so, we've been doing a ton of royal news. There's been so much royal news that we wanted to get to every single day that we've been delaying this show that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. It's an entire show dedicated to Queen Elizabeth. Little details, stuff about her that you're going to have heard before, stuff that's really surprising, adorable, but we're going to spend about 15-20 minutes today just focusing on the news and really, really fun facts about this extraordinary person. If you love the royals, you're going to love the next 20 minutes. If you don't, (gasps) this is going to be agony. Hey, what time is it, my friends? It is tea time. So let's start at the beginning. She was not born heir apparent to the throne. So for the first 10 years of her life, Princess Elizabeth was a relatively minor royal. Her status basically was akin to Princess Beatrice or Eugenie today. So, you know Andrew's daughters, they're the ones that wear those fabulous fascinators. That's basically what Elizabeth and Margaret were going to be. They were not going to be major, major players in the House of Windsor. Then something really, really unusual happened. Her uncle, abdicated. So we know Wallace Simpson and we know that love story. Her uncle gave up the crown and suddenly his brother, his brother, we've seen the king's speech, the one with the stutter, Bertie is what they used to say to make fun of him. Suddenly he became king. So when she was about 10, Elizabeth, went from being a minor royal to basically the next queen of England. Her dad unexpectedly became king. He didn't want to be king. It's a lot of pressure. He has to do a lot of speeches too, don't you, when you're you're king? He had a terrible, terrible stutter. He didn't want to do it. His brother was handsome, a playboy, flashy, everything you think of like a movie star he abdicated. So within one year, there was three kings. Three kings. So Elizabeth's grandfather, Prince George V, he died. And then her uncle became king. And then he abdicated. And then her father, George VI, became king, all within one year. So that was a major year in her life. She was only about 10. And suddenly, she went from being a minor royal to guess what? She's going to be the next Queen of England. Now, because of this, she was born in a townhouse in London. She was not born in a palace. Instead, she was born in Mayfair, a very fancy neighbourhood in London. In fact, the house where she was born was demolished in 1937. Now, it's a Chinese restaurant. So, if you try to find the birthplace of Queen Elizabeth... If you want to go and search for that in London, it's in Mayfair. Very fancy. I mean, she still was a royal. She wasn't going to be queen, but she was a royal. So she lived in in Mayfair. But now if you want to find that house, it's gone. And it is a Chinese restaurant. That just goes to show you how when she was born, there was not an expectation that she would go on to greatness, which she certainly has. Now, as a little girl, she got the name Lilybet, And the reason she got that name Lilybet. You know the name because Harry and Meghan have named their little daughter Lilibet after Queen Elizabeth. So it was a nickname, and it was given to her by Princess Margaret, who the family affectionately called Margot. So they called Margaret Margot, and they called Elizabeth Lilibet. And the reason she got that nickname is Margot, Margaret, constantly mispronounced her big sister's name. She couldn't say Elizabeth. So she called her Lilibet, and it caught on, and now just really, really inner circle members of the family call her that name. Prince Charles certainly doesn't. Her children doesn't. Margaret did her entire life. Margaret called her Lilibet. Her mommy called her Lilibet. Her daddy called her Lilibet. They're all gone now. So really, there's nobody left that calls her Lilibet. Although now we have a new Lilibet, don't we, in little Harry and Meghan's daughter. Now, Elizabeth and Margaret They didn't go to school. They were tutored at home by teachers from Eton College, which at the time was only boys. You couldn't go there if you were a girl. So they had private tuition at home. They were also given, get this, religious lessons by the Archbishop of Canterbury, oof, they go straight to the top. So even as children, they had amazing education, were not allowed to attend the boys' school, Eton College, but the teachers from the college came to them. Now, during the war, Elizabeth decided that she wanted to do her bit, so she joined the army. She actually joined the women's branch of the British army, and this is when she learned how to drive, and not just drive, she's a wizard, apparently, with a spanner. If anything goes wrong with your car, she pops open the hood, and she can get in there, and she can fix it. They say that if ever they have trouble with the cars at Windsor Windsor Castle or at Buckingham Palace, and you can't fix them, call Queen Elizabeth. She knows how to fix a, a car that gets in trouble, lickety-split, and she learned that during the war. It also, too, It gave her an enormous amount of respect from not only women, but men in the country. It was at a time when women's lives were just so different, and she was not having that. She wanted to do her bit. She joined the army, and now to this day, one of her favourite things to do, even at 96, is to drive. Now, she doesn't hit the roads anymore, but she drives around her private estates up in Balmoral in Scotland, and she loves it. She has a Range Rover. You often see her... Driving around. Now, Elizabeth and her husband, they've known each other since they were children. They actually met when she was just eight years old and he was 14. A little bit older. They both attended the wedding of Princess Marina of Greece and Prince George. That's when she first spotted him and that's when she fell in love. Now, it's a slightly weird note here, but we're going to be very honest on this podcast. She married her cousin. So Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth are actually third cousins. They both share the same great-great-grandparents, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Now, this sounds just bizarre, doesn't it, marrying your third cousin? However, back then, royals really had to marry other royals. And so after a while, you run out of new people. So they're all sort of interbred. It's the strangest thing, isn't it? So they share the same great-great-grandparents, Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I think this is just, you know, it was a love story. It's just a love story. She didn't tell her parents that she was getting married though. So her parents would only officially approve if the couple waited to announce their engagement until after she was 21. So when they re-met, she was about 18. She, she knew he was the one she'd known since she was eight years old. They secretly got engaged, but they were not allowed to tell anybody until she turned 21. And then the official announcement came almost a year later. She promised to devote her life to public service when she was just 21. So she's engaged, she's 21 years old, her father's the king, and on a radio broadcast from Cape Town, she committed herself to a lifetime of public service. She knew at 21 that this is how she wanted to live her life. Duty came first. Public service was always going to be first. So at 21, she made that pledge, and I think we can all agree she kept her word even till today. So this was a little bit controversial back then. She got to choose her own surname. So technically, the Queen's last name is Windsor, chosen by George V in 1917, after the family wanted to distance themselves from sounding too German during World War I. So during World War I they had a German name. And during the war, that was not good. They did not want to have a German name. So they woke up one morning and decided, we're going to change our last name, and suddenly they became Windsors. Isn't that wild? I know, if you look at the family tree, it's wild because they go to bed with one name, they wake up with another, That's a whole new family tree, and you can't pick a more British, more British-sounding name than Windsor. In 1960, Elizabeth and Philip adopted the surname Windsor Mountbatten. So normally in Britain back then, maybe even still today, when you got married, often the woman would take the man's name. But when you're the Queen of England, what do you do? So to make peace here, they decided to combine their names and that's why they became officially in 1960, Windsor Mountbatten. Some fun little facts about the Queen. So she first used the London Tube, that's what we call the subway, for the very first time in May 1939. She visited the Tube again in 1969 for the opening of the Victoria Line. Lots of pictures of a young Elizabeth on the tube. Don't don't think if you go to London and you jump on the subway, the tube, you're going to bump into Queen Elizabeth. We know at least twice she's used it. I'm not sure you're going to see her down there. And for her coronation, this was a big deal. Against her wishes, against her wishes, it was televised. So Queen Elizabeth officially ascended to the throne when she was just 25 years old. Can you imagine? 25 years old. Her dad passed away very young she blamed. She blamed her uncle for all this. She really did. She felt had he not abdicated, her dad would have lived much longer. But the pressures of being the king with that terrible stutter, all the attention. He didn't want this job, but he wanted to be there for the nation. Once again, duty. It's duty within the Windsors. So she was notoriously camera shy. And she didn't even allow photographs to be taken of her wedding. So she certainly did ...did not want her coronation to be televised. However, a commission chaired by her husband, Prince Philip, they convinced her that doing this would be a very good idea. She finally agreed, knowing the world was changing, the monarchy was changing. Television was a new thing, a new medium. Philip was ahead of his time. He knew this technology, this new new invention. Television was going to be huge. So he convinced her to do it. She said yes on one caveat, one caveat, no close-ups of her face if you watch the coronation they are not allowed to zoom in so for the first time television cameras were allowed into Westminster Abbey and get this 277 million people around the world watched it was a huge 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 success but at the same time it changed the monarchy forever Wouldn't you allow the cameras in You can't kick them out totally ever again. So this was a moment in history where she did not really want to do it. She was convinced to do it. Some people say it was the biggest mistake. Some people say it was the best thing she ever did. Now, do you want to know the reason why Queen Elizabeth wears those bright neon ensembles? Whenever you see her over the last couple of days, we've seen her a few times, not enough in my opinion, but I love seeing her over the last few years. She always wears those bright neon. So, according to her biographer, she wears them because, quote, you have to be able to see me from far away. That's my Queen Elizabeth accent. Forgive me, Queen Elizabeth, if you're listening. lower lower lower. She wants to be seen. She knows she's the queen. She knows people want to see her. So, wear a bright colour. She uses her purse. She's always got that purse. So, why does she have that purse with her? She actually uses it as a as a method to signal to her staff. So, her handbag is often used as a communication tool and how she reaches her staff. So if she holds it in one hand or another, it means something. If she puts it on her lap, it means something else. We don't know exactly what all the clues are, but she's signalling to her staff by how she carries and holds that purse. It's fantastic, isn't it? And so she only ever carries cash on Sunday, so she can donate some money to the church. She never has cash. So if you're out with Queen Elizabeth and you need to borrow 10 pounds. Forget it. She doesn't carry cash. Never. So we know that's not in the purse. And she's the only person in Britain who can drive. We talked about how much she loves to drive. She's the only person who can drive without a a driving plate, a number on her car. Isn't that fantastic? She does not need a, a, a driving plate on her car. There's no license number. There's no license number on her. And you never, she's also the only person in the country that never needs to worry about a passport when she's travelling around the world. Queen Elizabeth does not have a passport. So when she comes to America, wherever she travels, she travels a lot. No passport, so don't even bother asking. She's the longest reigning monarch now in British history. She surpassed a long time ago Queen Victoria, who previously held the record at 63 years, seven months, and two days on the throne. We love to be specific here. Queen Elizabeth has exceeded that record. And if she reigns for two more years she'll exceed the 72-year record set by King Louis of France. So when you hear on TV, I've been hearing it a lot over the last few weeks, that she's the longest reigning monarch ever. Not true. She's the longest reigning monarch ever who's still alive. But Louis in France actually has the record, and he, he ruled for 72 years, fingers crossed that she beats that. There have been six popes during her reign, six popes. She's also been served by 14, one for prime ministers, including Churchill, Margaret Thatcher, and now Boris Johnson. Winston Churchill, get your head around that, was prime minister when she became queen. And once a week, Whatever the Prime Minister's doing, they have to go and meet the Queen. It's very important. They go to the palace, they talk to the Queen, and they say it's actually a time when the Prime Minister can really confide in the Queen. It's very confidential. There's never any leaks. So the Prime Minister, he or she, can tell the Queen what's really going on. Although her birthday is is actually on April 21st. It's celebrated in June. So let me explain what the Trooping of the Colour is. It's an event, a massive event, that features the royal family. It's a procession through London and then lots of waving from Buckingham Palace. It's a military parade to celebrate the Queen's birthday. Now... Years ago, it was decided that they wanted to do this in summer, so they moved the celebration from the actual monarch's birthday to the second Saturday in June. So the Queen, technically, she was born on April 21st, but she celebrates her birthday in June, and that's when we have the Trooping of the Colour. So basically, the Trooping of the Colour is to celebrate the Queen's official birthday. This year, they moved the date of Trooping of the Colour so that it all fit together beautifully, beautifully, beautifully with the Jubilee, but that's what the Trooping of the Colour is. Did you know Queen Elizabeth is fluent in French? Oui, oui. I'm not fluent in French, but Queen Elizabeth is fluent in French. She also loves her corgis. So over her reign, over her reign, there's been a lot of corgis in that palace. In fact, her very first corgi, Susan, was a gift for her on her 18th birthday in 1944. Her last corgi, Whisper died in 2018 and and she loved Susan, her first corgi, so much she actually brought her on her honeymoon in 1947. Technically, Queen Elizabeth also owns all the swans in the UK. It's just an old rule that nobody really knows why it started or how, but technically if you see a swan in the UK, in England, in the rest of the UK, it technically belongs to the Queen. Let's talk about a love affair with horses. It started when she was just four years old. She got her first Sheckland pony called Peggy. It was from her great-grandfather, King George V. And when she was just four years old, she started to learn to ride. Now the Queen breeds horses and she loves this and she's an expert, they say, at the races. Never bet against Queen Elizabeth. She knows whose horse is going to win. This is such a great story. So even the monarch, though, can sometimes go undercover and not be recognised. On a trip in Scotland, she actually met some American tourists. And the tourists asked her... They didn't recognise that she was the Queen. She had her headscarf on. They said, ''Do you live locally?'' And she said, ''Oh, yes, I do have a house quite close by.'' And then they asked, ''Have you ever met the Queen?'' And she pointed to her head of security and said, no, but he has. This security guard went on to tell this story. Just delicious. These tourists were talking to the Queen and they had no idea. But there you go. Just amazing. Also, too, Queen Elizabeth technically doesn't pay taxes, but she chooses to anyway. So the Queen has paid income tax and capital gains since 1992, one of the most amazing things about Queen Elizabeth is she knows she has to change with the times. Times are changing and gone are the days where the richest people in the world can't pay any taxes and now she voluntarily uh, pays taxes. A little really bad, like sad event that I guess it's so bad we don't talk about it, but she did survive at an assassination attempt in 1981. Uh, Shots rang out at the Trooping of the Colour. She was riding in that parade to celebrate her birthday and shots rang out. Her horse was freaked out, thankfully, that she survived that. Also, too, she survived an intruder getting into her bedroom in 1981. A man climbed over the palace walls, shimmied up a drain pipe, and eventually made it into her bedroom. Since then, since then, security has certainly been changed. Hey! That's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed listening to all our little bits of gossip about the Queen. I could talk about her for hours and hours and hours. Oh, quickly before we go, we should tell you that gin is her drink of choice. So, Nortes, if you bump into the Queen at Bottino's, get her a gin. She likes a gin with a slice of lemon. And she likes it on the rocks, occasionally too, a glass of champagne. <gasps> I think I'm going to start drinking gin. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you're going to be naughty, you've got to be nice. Take care, everybody. It's Naughty But Nice with Rob. It's Naughty But Nice with Rob.